How is everyone? We good? Had a good Easter so far? Very good. Well, hopefully it gets better from here. What do you reckon? So, Pastor Steve McPherson, hey? In the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. But anyways, this morning I want to share a few different things. I'm going to be upping down this step a bit, but that's okay. I want to share a little bit of who I am, <laughs> a little bit of the simple gospel, the power of the gospel. So today is not going to be a great in-depth thing. Today we're going to hear the words of Jesus. We're going to have our faith built together, hopefully, and we're going to see us pray for three different people, types of people today. The first of those that have never asked Jesus to be their Lord and Saviour, if there's anybody like that this morning, we're going to make opportunity for, you know, hopefully for you to hear the gospel. The second type of people I want to pray for this morning are those who feel a bit like a prodigal. You know, the prodigal son where he sort of went away and then came back and you just sort of feel like, well, it's time for me to come back to God. So I'm going to pray for those people today. And this morning, I really want to pray for people who have sickness in their body. Because who knows that, that um, God wants to heal. He wants to build our faith. He wants us to, you know, find a place where, where we can make, be made whole in our body, in our mind and our will and our emotions, equally in both. So we'll go through those things today. But before we do that, let's pray. So how about everyone bow their heads, let's pray. Father God, we acknowledge that you are the author and the finisher of our faith that we are who we are because you designed us individually and called us all by name. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus, who gave himself as a willing sacrifice for our sins through his death on the cross. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today, and we pray that you would give us new revelation of the work Jesus did on the cross and its power unto salvation and its power unto healing. God, we dedicate this service to you and, and, and let us walk a journey, God, where, where you build our faith to see these things happen in a remarkable way in this place, in this day, 2017. Amen. What do you reckon? You excited? How about we get that faith muscle starting to punch? What do you think? Because it's, it's easy for us just to come and hear a nice whatever message and that sort of stuff and but I think at times we need to rise as a congregation and say, you know what, we are here for a purpose. It's not by accident that we are all in this building today. It's not by accident that we are walking this journey today as a, as a congregation. It's not by accident that God has put us in this, in, in this town for, the, for such a time as this. What do you think? Yeah. All right, so my history. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> 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 I have lived it. I know a little bit about it. So I was born in a Christian home in the Latrobe Valley, down where all the power plants are. An Anglican altar boy. God clearly touched me when I was, I'm not sure what age I was, eight or ten or in that sort of ballpark, and spoke to me very clearly that he called me to ministry when I was that sort of age. He called me to be an engineer and he called me to be a farmer. They were the three things that he spoke to me about. So I've sort of lived that. It hasn't been, you know, some people say, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, for me, it's pretty easy because he spoke those things to me from when I was a kid. I didn't have to work out what subjects I was going to do at school because he already spoke to me from when I was a young boy. I've been saved my whole life. 
covered by my parents and at an age, I'm not sure what age I was, but, you know, obviously through the Anglican church I did confirmation. I'm not sure if you know that. The Catholics do a similar sort of thing as well. But it was very real to me, very sincere point when I said, yeah, God, you are the one I want to follow with my life. Um, I've never had a time where I've really fallen away from him. I've always served him and loved him. I remember, I'm not sure if it was the late 70s or early 80s, Dad, I can't remember, but in that sort of ballpark, we went down to the, one of the town commons in Morwell and a guy called Bill Newman spoke. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's an evangelist that gets around the country. So late 70s, early 80s, that sort of ballpark. And he asked us if we'd want to know Jesus in a new and fresh way. And I thought, yep, I'm going to do that. So at whatever age that was, 10, 12, in that sort of ballpark, I really dedicated myself again to God to say, you know what, Jesus, use me. Use me in, in who, who you've created me to be. I have unique giftings like we all do. I don't like injustice. I don't like when the church gets abused and that sort of stuff. And I'm so glad to be a part of this congregation and this, this, this church because it's not like that. Um, I'm an electrical engineer. I own my own engineering business, automation business, where we make factories sing and dance. For example, Peter's Ice Cream. You know Peter's Ice Cream? Well, we did the system that actually mixes all that stuff together and makes it taste yummy. Um, <laughs> I'm here for you in your pancreas. Um, <laughs> I married Tracy, the love of my life, at um, 22 years of age. Hannah's 21. Georgia was not, sorry, Georgia is 19. Tracy was 19 when we got married. <laughs> you may have spoken to Tracy on, on the phone last year a little bit, but also in church, she always comes up to people and says, Hi, I'm Tracy, what's your name? And she doesn't forget it, which is incredible. So I can't remember anybody's name. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate you looking after me. <laughs> She's. Um, <laughs> She's my best friend and my partner in ministry and raising my children and, uh, and in life. And I know it sounds corny, but to declare it out here, I'm more in love with her today than ever before. If you want some tip, boys. <laughs> when, I was, when we were young, we moved down to Warrnambool. And um, um, one thing about Tracy, she was, she was born, uh, brought up in a Christian outreach centre church. I'm not sure if you know those ones, but they're fairly, um, fairly extreme Pentecostal sort of churches. And she said, oh, when it dawned on me, I said, oh, do you do, you do that speaking in tongues thing, do you? And she, um, she said, yep. And I thought, oh, man, what have I got myself into here? <laughs> and I sort of wrestled with We started going to a Christian outreach centre church in Warrnambool, and I wrestled with that a little bit, but got baptised. And, you know, God moving in your life can be an incredibly personal thing. Hopefully that's not my alarm. It's my wife's alarm. Good. God can move. God moves in us in, in incredibly personal ways at times. You know, as, as people that stand up the front and preach and that sort of stuff, we often want to see things happen in the corporate, you know, realm or area. And yet at times God touches us personally one-on-one. -on -one. And for quite, you know, for a couple of years I was asking God, fill me with your spirit. But, you know, let me speak in tongues and that sort of thing. And... It was in my HX Kingswood, driving home after being baptised, that God just filled me with his spirit. 
And for, for the first time in my life, I started to speak with a new language, with a new sense of purpose, with a new faith, a new, you know, like a new, I don't know, it was a, a totally new thing for me. So even this morning when I say, when I ask you, do you want to be healed? Or do you want to, you know, ask Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour? For some people, it'll be an incredibly personal thing, and that's fine, that's okay. But for others, you know, it'll be a time to say, yeah, I want, to know, I want people to know that I follow Jesus. How are we going so far? Are we good? I've got three great faith-filled children um, who serve God through their own unique gifts. Hannah is a youth leader here. So Hannah's over there in the pink. She, um, she's a service leader here at Bayside and um, is studying speech pathology. Georgia is also a youth leader. Georgia was playing guitar this morning in the, in the whatever ready colour. Um, <laughs> fashion is another one of my strengths. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've got my fancy duds on. I've got my blue suede shoes and it's looking real flash. Must be a preacher, this guy. And um, George's musician, she's studying business accounting. And John's one of the senior youth here at Bayside and is school captain. He's studying year 12 VC with subjects I've got no clue about. <laughs> the teacher, we had a meeting the other day with the teachers, you know, the, the normal feedback, parent feedback thing, and the teacher was saying, oh, yeah, the best thing you could possibly do is to read some of the books. And I said, it ain't going to happen. Let's face it. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I went to a tech school, so we learnt our name. We got 10 points just for that. <laughs> By the time we graduated in year 11, if we didn't make it to juvie, we got a 50% pass on that. And then after getting straight A's, in, straight A's in the tech school, I did year 12 in a TAFE college and, f and failed my first essay. So it shows you the level of... But fortunately, engineers don't know how to spell. I once wanted to be an engineer, couldn't spell it, now I is one. But, um, you know, from that angle, it's, it's just incredible how I think my kids are. We first moved down here, and this is some of the stuff I wanted you to know because you hear about things up on the screen the last couple of weeks about Pastor Steve McPherson. You think, oh, who's this goof? First moved down here in 1994 and been a part of a COC church locally for about 15 years. So we were assistant pastors and then became the senior pastors of that church. Um, we prayed for this community. We've worshipped in this community and we've believed God for this community of Frankston for about 23 years now. I remember at times standing up on top of Tower Hill there, just believing God, looking at all the lights and saying, God, will you save this city? Lord, will you use me to be a part of saving this city? That's why I say not lightly that I believe God has put us here together for this journey. We are a part of an incredible church called Bayside Church. I really love that we are part of something bigger because, you know, in, in our small church that we had of 70 people or thereabouts, we would never have had the ability to do some of the stuff we have here, have a beautiful building like this, have great stuff that we saw up on the screen. But I love my church, Bayside Church, Frankston. This is where God has called me to be. And I hope you feel the same. And I hope together we can, we can walk a journey over the coming years where God really impacts this community. Amen. What do you think? Yeah, come on. Mm. I note when I sing up the front that at times I, I'm overwhelmed or overcome with, with, the, with the sense of worship that's in this place. Yeah. 
even this morning, you know, standing in the front row, just hearing everyone singing at the top of their voices and, and praising God earnestly is such a great thing. I remember, you know, times in this church where we've just seen incredible things through our worship, hey, where he has touched us and moved us and moved our faith. I know at times in our past we've seen just remarkable things where God has, has I don't know, he, he's, he's almost like come from heaven to earth and, and empowered us. I remember years ago lying on the floor of a friend's place with my guitar on my stomach playing away and God revealed heaven to me, you know. Why shouldn't this be a part of our everyday Christian walk? Why shouldn't this be a part of our everyday life here at Bayside Church, Frankston? I think it's amazing and no accident that we're all from different backgrounds. We all have very different skills and different abilities. If you got me to organise anything, nothing would ever, ever, ever happen. Thank you, Emma, who is such a great organiser, and Jimmy. I said to Jimmy this morning, <laughs> I said to Jimmy this morning about 8.30, oh, I'd like to put a film clip up. Is that all right? Yep, no problem. It's all done, you know. If it was up to me, none of it had happened at all. So over the coming months, years to come, I really pray that we get to know what Jesus has for us in this community, that he will touch us in our lives and touch the people around us. How's that for an intro? Is that a starting point? You know me a little bit more now. <laughs> I strongly believe it's time for us as a congregation to rise in our faith. It's easy in our daily lives to just sit back and to enjoy TV, which I do enjoy, and to enjoy Star Wars, which I enjoy. But it's also time for us to start to rise up in our faith and say, you know what, God, we are here for a purpose. We are here to touch this community on your behalf. Move through us, Jesus. Let your power impact our community through your word, through your spirit. So John 3, 14 verses, uh, verse 14 to 17. Let me just try and get to that. I want the same for our kids as well. I want our kids to be touched of heaven. I want our kids to be saved. I want our kids to lay hands on their mates and see them healed. John three fourteen to 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. interesting with um, Pastor Rob at time we'll do series as God sort of spoke this word to me about a month or so ago and I note over the last three weeks that we've had Rochelle get up and say hey it's time to be born again it's time to be healed we've had Jimmy last week talk about John 3 hey this is what it means to be born again and yet God is speaking to me about that as well so clearly right now and in this time in this place is a time where we can interject with God's will let his faith empower us. Like um, Forbo was saying earlier today, you know, times, you know, Good Friday can be a bit of a, um, it, it's a time of reflection and, and Sunday, Easter Sunday is a time of celebration. I'm, I'm so thankful and so grateful for, for Jesus who died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. 
As a church, our vision and mission can be summed up in a few sentences based upon leadership and guidance from heaven. For example, churches change, check it out. Interesting thought, hey? Sort of encompasses a lot of things and yet I want church to be different. I want when people walk in the door, there's a sense of awe, there's a sense of God is in this house. When the, when the first musician strikes up their instrument and, and it starts to sound, people feel the very presence of God. 2017 themes are thankfulness, give thanks in everything, in, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So these things aren't just accidental things. These are done through prayer and fasting by the leaders and the elders of the church. Play that video for us now. Have a squeeze at this one. When we first started Bayside Church, the Lord gave me a vision. The vision was of these little pinpricks of lights that were burning strong and scattered around the Port Phillip Bay area. These fires around the bay, they were to be our influence as a church community. Our campuses, our connect groups, our people, all a part of this vision. We celebrate 25 years of all that God has done in and through this community. That's pretty groovy, isn't it? Do you reckon God's on that or what? That's vision right there. We talk about what's the vision of our church. There it is. Anyway, the next one is each one reach one. On our little, you know, those little pamphlets we get, it says, we will encourage Bayside's to each one reach one in 2017, whereby each person prayerfully considers one person that they can reach with the love of God. We will enable this by running prayer and Alpha courses. So this morning I'd like to hone in a bit on that, each one, reach one. Just one more, Lord. Just one more. Just one more, Lord. Just one more. Just one more. One more person touched. One more person healed. One more person born again. As I said before, I like like a few movies. And um, I watched Mel Gibson's movie Hacksaw Ridge. You guys, anyone seen that? I don't know if it's a chicks movie, but it's a um, <laughs> it's a chicks movie. <laughs> it's not for everyone, as it's normal Mel Gibson sort of stuff. Um, there's a bit of action, a bit of um, body parts going in all directions, but it has a very interesting story. It's a story about this guy Desmond Doss, who was the first conscientious objector to receive the Medal of Honor, which is one of the highest medals you can receive in the U.S for courage under fire. That's him standing, oh, that's half of him standing up on top of the screen there. (laughs) You'll see his legs and arms. Um, That's him standing up on this ridge based, that's the real guy on the real Hacksaw Ridge. Let me paint you a picture of this guy. So he's an army medic. He was born a Seventh-day Adventist and very strongly believed that God said, don't kill. But when the Japanese sort of came and bombed Pearl Harbour, he thought, you know what, I want to get in and do my bit. So he signed up with the understanding from his recruiter that he didn't have to carry a gun. When he got there, of course, the army thought he was silly, thought he was weak and a coward, 
So they said to him, no, you've got to carry a weapon. You've got to do weapons training. And he said, no, I won't. In summary, he said, no, I won't. And they took him, you know, theoretically to court and all that sort of stuff. In the end, they gave him the right to go in and, you know, not use his weapon, to not use a weapon, not take it at all. So you can see him up there, even there, he doesn't have a head or he doesn't have a weapon. <laughs> um, he wanted to sign up to the army to, to make a difference. He said, well, you guys are taking life, let me save life. And the particular battlefield that they were on when he actually got that Medal of Honour was um, on Okinawa, which is a Japanese island. The army had tried to advance multiple different times, but he, um, and, and they tried hard, tried hard, but in the end they had to retreat back and they came back down that hill. That was how they got there and how they got back from there. But during that night, you know, many people were left up on the hill when they'd, re when they'd retreated. So he stayed back and thought, no, I'm going to stay back here on this place and try and rescue as many people as I can. So the story goes that everyone else retreated, but he stayed back and in total saved 75 men by himself, lowering down by hand down that rope, down that mountain overnight. This is the bit that I really like about this guy. He said this, I was praying the whole time, Lord, please help me get one more. When I collected one, I prayed and said, Lord, please help me get one more. Interesting. He talked about another soldier and said this, Blood had run down this fellow's face and, and eyes. He was a lad that groaned and called for a medic. I took water from my canteen and bandage and washed his face. And when the blood was washed from his eyes and his eyes opened, man, he just lit up and said, I thought I was blind. And listen to this part. And if I hadn't got any more than the smile he gave me, I would have been well repaid. Amazing, eh? That a guy would willingly go into battle, not for glory. Apparently he was a very humble man and wouldn't let the movie be made until he died. But, but came back and said, you know, God, let me just win one more. If I don't see anything else but a smile on one guy's face, if one guy lives, then I'll be happy. His brother, Hal Doss, said this, I would say anyone is wrong to try to compromise somebody's conviction. I don't care if it's the army or what it is. When you're under conviction, that is not a joke. That's what you are. I'm asking us as a congregation to rise in our faith because we are a people of faith. We are a congregation of believers who's seen amazing and miraculous things. John 13, verse 34 to 35. The Bible says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He has placed us in this field, on our battlefield. I'm so thankful to God that I don't have to send my son to a place like that. I'm glad I never had to experience it myself. But we're on this battlefield. We're in this field, this area. Jesus, let our cry be... Just one more, Lord. Just one more. The things that make our faith so different is that Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice. Don't you love that about the Christian faith? We don't have to pray 20 times a day looking in different directions and all that sort of stuff. We just know that Jesus, in fact, we can't do it. It's only through the free gift that Jesus did on the cross for us. So we could be saved and born again. 
so that we could be healed through his stripes, through his wounds. It's not to lay a burden of religion or rules on another person. The Bible says that Jesus didn't do it to condemn the world, but to save the world. We belong to a very special church in Bayside Church who is willing to embrace people regardless of race or creed or sexual preference and show love and compassion to all in the world. To fight for injustice and to invest in our community for who we are as family and for our community. To know the love of God through genuine relationships. That's who you're a part of. That's who we are, church. Pretty cool, hey? Jesus came to save the sinners, not the righteous. Each one reach one should not be a burden where we've got a sort of, oh God, because I'm hopeless at all that sort of stuff too. But it's not a burden for us to be saying, God, you know, we're going to be the next Billy Graham. No, but if we can just love our neighbour. Jesus, just one more. Just one more. Let us be encouraged and empowered by our faith to love our neighbour as ourselves. Because I think that's pretty cool. Or what Jesus said, a simple commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Each one, reach one does not mean badgering a person and saying, you've got to conform and be like me. Because who knows, I can't conform to anything. <laughs> I remember talking to a mate of mine and he said, oh, you know, you've got to cut this grass, Stephen. It's up to my, you know, up to my knees and whatever else. I said, mate, I'd love to. I can't keep my car clean and I can't keep my lawn short. I've got my dad who mows my lawn. It's great. But through him, the world might be saved. He wasn't sent to condemn, but through him, the world might be saved. The strength of love is modelled so perfectly by Jesus' death on the cross that God sent his son, 100% God and 100% man. So he died so we could freely be saved. In fact, we can't do it ourselves. We've got to enjoy Jesus and just allow him to save us. When he died on the cross, a sinless man, his blood was shed, our lives would be paid and the ransom was, was nullified, it was finished. One Peter 2, let's shove that one up on the screen. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins, sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You know, we've, seen, we've all seen miracles. I remember many years ago seeing miracles in the third world by the hand of teenagers, you know, people being healed. Saw it in Frankston, in, in, in Frankston, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when my sister-in-law was healed of chronic, um, what's that thing? Chronic fatigue syndrome. She was healed and never had it back since. I've seen it on the screen today with, what was it, um, Daniela, with a tendon being healed. So we see it today. So why not expect God today, right now, to move and heal us of our sicknesses? of our diseases, of our, of our sicknesses, not only of the body but of the soul, our mind, our will and our emotions. Because sometimes our body can be fine and yet our, our emotions are just all over the place or our soul is crushed. In the Lord's Prayer we say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
in Revelation 21, the Bible says this, He will wipe away every tear from, from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. So my point is this. If Jesus said to pray that um, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, why not this morning can we not pray and say, Jesus, you said according to your word that in heaven death will no longer exist, pain will no longer exist. Well, let heaven come to earth, God. Let heaven come to earth. Lead us, Jesus, in faith. Let heaven come to earth. Jesus, by your stripes and wounds we are healed. So why not declare that as a, as a church family? And say, you know what, God? Together, you know, we can rise in our faith so much stronger. What's the Bible talk, talk, talk about putting people to flight? You know, when two or three or whatever are gathered in my name, one can send a, what is it, a hundred or a thousand or something, two can, ten thousand or whatever the words are, whatever the Bible verses are. Why not as a congregation can we not stand and say, God, in faith, by faith we believe, we trust, we honour you, God. Let our faith muscles rise. As guys work in the gym and that sort of thing, God, let our faith muscles rise. Can I grab the musos to jump up, please? The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is, not later but now. Now faith is a substance. Can I just ask you to close your eyes just for a moment? Now faith is. Right now I want you to see whatever that is that needs to be healed. You know, some it will be relationships. Some it will be a child that, you know, you're a little bit worried about. Some it will be, you know, wanting to really intercede for this community. For some it will be healing in their body, chronic pain or sickness or negative reports from doctors. Why don't you just use your faith muscle this morning and just allow and just see Jesus walking through that situation, walking through that disease, walking through that sickness, walking through that pain. Use your faith muscle to, you know, I, I don't say this lightly and with any disrespect whatsoever because I know we do this daily, but together we are, we are here in this place. Together we are, you know, we're 100 people putting our faith together to see us healed, to see us healed. Father, this morning we thank you for your spirit who empowers us. You know, God, you take us with our weaknesses and with our strengths, and yet by your power, Lord, we can see your hand move in this community on this day, in this Western world, God. In this world of plenty, God, you do move. You do heal. You do set people free. Yes, God. Father, this morning, let your grace be upon us. Yes, God. Let your grace be upon us. Let's get the band to sing that first verse.
wounds, his hands, his feet, my Jesus, this morning, we thank you for your cross. We thank you for your blood. Now, I appreciate this morning that as every eye is closed and every every head is bowed, you know that some people dedicating their life to Christ will be an intensely personal thing. But this morning, if you feel that your time is now to be born again, to, to dedicate your life to Jesus for the very first time today, I would ask that you lift that hand. Every eye is closed in this place. If there's anybody like that this morning that says, you know what, yes, God's spoken to me. God has touched my heart. If there's anyone like that, we always give this opportunity at Bayside Church. The second group of people I'd like to pray for this morning. If you feel like, you know what, I feel a bit like the prodigal that's been away from Jesus, been away from God. And, and I know that for what Steve was talking about today, it's time to just, you know, rededicate my life. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that might, you know, embarrass you. But this morning, if you feel, yes, I want to do that, then I ask you to lift your hand this morning. Say, yeah, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me see it across this community people giving their lives back to Jesus the prodigals coming home the prodigals coming home the prodigals coming home how about we pray this prayer together Lord we look to you as the author and finisher of our faith thank you Jesus that you died on the cross for our sin. Lord, we give our past, our present and our future to you, in service to you. Thank you that by your blood we have a covenant with you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have adopted us and we are your children. Amen. Hopefully this morning our, our faith is stirred a little bit. So again, without trying to embarrass or whatever, I'd like to ask if you'd like prayer this morning. I really feel strongly that God wants to do some healing in this place. Um, believing God that he would touch you and your body so if you're like that this morning would you just slip your hand up right where you are so can I ask the people how about we all stand how about we lay hands there's a few people scattered around so how about those people that just want to be here put your hands up again and let's let's um, pray together as a congregation because this is about not about a rock star. This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus healing people. This is about Jesus touching people's lives together corporately as a, as a community. We believe, we believe, we believe. Jesus, by your stripes, we are healed. 
By your stripes we are healed. Let's pray. Let's lift our faith, church. By your stripes we are healed. Jesus, by your stripes we are healed. By your anointing, Jesus. By your anointing, Jesus, we are healed. By your stripes we are healed, Jesus. By your stripes, new organs created. By your stripes, Jesus, chronic pain gone, 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 Jesus' name. By your stripes, Jesus, our bodies resurrected to newness of life. By your stripes, Jesus, by your stripes. Jesus, by your stripes, by your words. Holy Spirit, move across this congregation, Lord. Lord, we need your healing touch, your healing power, God. Let your anointing come, Jesus. Let the power of your great Holy Ghost move through us, Jesus. Move through us, Jesus. Move through us, Jesus. Kora basada bashikali andere besete. Shela masiki ananamasete. Cancer's dropping. Bodies being healed. Chronic pain being healed. Jesus touching minds, touching souls, touching bodies. Jesus for our community, we pray. We pray, great Holy Ghost. We pray, we pray, we pray. Lord, we see hands go up across this community. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need to be healed. I can't do it. It's by His power. Let your grace be upon us, Jesus. Let your grace be upon us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we've seen it with our own eyes. Why not today? Why not in this community? Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, faith. God, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. By faith, Jesus. By faith. By your Spirit.